listening to the Niagara Moon podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin. I have another guest uh, for this latest episode, and what a fantastic guest he is. I'm actually really excited that I got to talk to him and share this with you. Uh, his name is Eric Polito, otherwise known as E.B. the Younger. He's one of the main members of the band Midlake, based in Denton, Texas. He also started the indie rock supergroup Banquet, along with uh, members of Band of Horses, Franz Ferdinand, Travis, and Granddaddy. He also co-produced and played on one of my favorite albums of the 2000s, uh, Queen of Denmark by John Grant. Although at first I didn't know any of this, I uh, was just tooling around on um, the record label Bella Union's YouTube channel, since uh, they consistently have a lot of great new artists, a lot of really cool albums. And I came across a particular artist uh, called E.B. the Younger, and I checked out a couple videos that were pretty funny and really well made. One of them starring uh, Jason Lee of uh, My Name is Earl, and... I was just uh, really vibing with the music. Like I uh, say in our conversation, it just it's kind of an amalgamation of a few different artists that I really, really like, including John Grant, uh, Harry Nelson, and others. I don't know quite what you would uh, call it, adult contemporary or mature indie rock or something, but uh, I really, really liked the songs, reached out to, uh, to Eric, E.B. the Younger, and uh, was pleasantly surprised that he was totally down. He was just really friendly, down to earth, and uh, as you'll see, very generous with this time. I haven't gotten the opportunity very often so far to talk with somebody so uh, established in the uh, independent music community. I was a little nervous, and I don't know how much that came off. Uh, I had a couple of my facts wrong, which is a little embarrassing too, but Eric was totally gracious, and I'm just really glad we got to talk and uh, touch on some of the topics that we discussed. And before we get into that, I'll uh, play a little snippet of my favorite song from his new album, To Each His Own. Uh, this song's called When the Time Comes. They say when I get older, I throw away so much I pull my shoulder when the time comes. Well, nice to meet you, Eric. I'm glad we could do this. Yeah. Yeah, where if I had to guess, it looks like you're like in a middle school or something right now. Are you uh No, I'm in a, a warehouse, uh, but it's in a side room. I, I uh co-own a screen print and design company with uh, an old friend and uh I'm in the warehouse oh. right now it's raining big time here in texas and uh or in denton texas but uh that's pretty cool so what what kind of designs do you print uh all different ones we do stuff for artists for schools for companies for churches for all sorts of organizations but we we design some of it but we uh mainly print you know shirts hats stickers whatnot um but we do some design too it helps when you go on tour and you need some. Merch. You have merch, merch options. Yeah. So you you had recently done a uh, a stint in Europe. Yeah. A while back. 
You out there a few weeks? Or? Yeah, it was three weeks. Um, we started up in Scandinavia and worked our way down. Um, covered a lot of ground. It was fun. It was good to be back out again. And one of the other Midlake guys was touring with me, uh, and two other friends. And yeah, it was good. It was good to see some old faces that we hadn't seen in a while, some new faces. We had our old tour manager from the early days out with us. And it was just good. It was. Uh, it had been a minute since I'd, I'd been out, so it was. It was fun to, to be out on tour again. Was it as uh, E.B. the Younger and doing E.B. the Younger songs, or like a mix of that and and Midlake? Uh, it was as E.B. the Younger, but I, I mixed in a banquet song, a Midlake song, you know, some covers. I don't know if uh, a record is enough to do a whole like set, you know, a headlining set. Uh, so yeah, kind of borders on. Had to include some others, but I, I thought it was you know, it made sense. You know, I, I realized that there's folks that know those songs and might, might want to hear them. So it was, it was fun for us to throw them in the set. So when I, when I had reached out to you, I had just discovered EB the younger through like the Bella Union uh-huh. YouTube channel. Cause they're a great label. And, um, I didn't make the connection until later that you were, you know, crucial member of Midlake. You have this discography going back like 20 years or something. So what's it like at this point to have, you know, that many songs, that many albums to choose from to be able to look back that far? I definitely feel like there's a a, a difference, you know, in, in the different things that I've done or that we've done um, in the catalogs, whether it be Midlake or the Banquet stuff or uh, E.B. the Younger. Um, so I kind of separate them in my mind and they're kind of, they're, they're a little bit, you know, different in uh, influence and, and style to some degree, but the, the Midlake catalog, of course, being the most... Uh, prolific, I guess. Yeah, prolific or verbose. Or, you know, it's, it's just got more, and it, it, it's a lot of history there and uh, some some different influences even in, in that material that we that we had and references to each album and era of life dating back, you know, in the early 2000s. So that kind of feels like a time capsule, and definitely when I'm considering putting something on the set now, it... It, 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 it can kind of um, bring back some some fond memories and, and, and also kind of dictate what would work best within a set now. You know, we did we did yeah. some dates with John Grant. I just did them as a duet, acoustic, uh, piano and vocal. And there was a show where the, the, the gal that played violin um, uh, with us, uh, with Young Bride, came out and we did Young Bride together. So that made sense. And... Uh, I think we did Head Home once. It just seemed right. And uh, we did Old and Young off uh, the last record on this last tour. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think I, I still have some of those in my back pocket without having to rehearse too much. So it was kind of fun to pull them out. Yeah, I um, I checked out Used to Be a lot more recently. And um, it's funny, as I said before, I didn't really have any context for it when I came across it, but I was like, oh, this is great. This is like the Harry Nilsson influence and sounds like John Grant. <laughs> it's like falls into that wheelhouse and then little did I know. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, yeah, and you have the quote unquote super group. That's the uh, the banquet and like um, going back that far, I guess I'm curious talking to someone like yourself with that big a uh, discography, like your um, your musical instincts or kind of themes as a songwriter just your process like how much uh has changed over time have you noticed um 
And then where would like the latest release kind of fit into that? Yeah, it it has changed a lot in some ways because, you know, in the early days, you know, Tim was more of the chief songwriter. And so we kind of took... Tim Smith, yeah. Yeah, so we kind of took our um, in, influential, uh, our influence of the musical place, uh, that cue from, from him, you know. Uh, we were communal in the sense of, you know, what the references were and what songs and music we were listening to, maybe discovering how that might apply. But, you know, you're always going to look to a chief songwriter to make sure that whatever you're doing musically, melodically, harmonically, arrangement-wise, kind of fits right. Um, and as as we grew together, it, it definitely... I think we became more uh, aware and intuitive of, of what would be right or what uh, one another might do, um, which, like any relationship, you just kind of get to know one another more. The, the blessing and the curse was that we kept changing our influence to some degree, so it would kind of go through a different musical filter, but it was always kind of fun, and uh, it kept it exciting and new, kind of going down those different paths. Maybe to our detriment, you know, I don't know. But... With Banquet, you know, a whole different thing where artists bring their own songs and we just produce and uh, play, you know, uh, on it. And I, I, I wrote a couple songs for that album. And then with the E.B. the Younger album, even more different where I wrote solely all those songs and then I brought them to the group of guys that were playing on the respective session, which it was a lot of the main core guys were on, on each song, but it differed from with some songs, but I purposely tried not to dictate too much or at least up front of saying, here's the demo, do exactly what I say. It was more like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. just play a song in the room with my guitar and my voice. And then let's just start for the lack of a better term, start jamming, you know, and working it out. Oh, I like that when you do that, or this, this sounds good, or hey, maybe don't go there. And it was very organic, you know, in that way. Probably sounds cliche these days, but it was—it really was, you know, of just getting in a room and hashing it out. We did that with Midlake a lot, but we did it. We we would beat up songs too much, where we would get an Overplay. idea, start working on it, and it would just—we would out over demo. Really, is what we would do, and we did it okay, sounding yeah. great. And it's like, oh man, now we need to recreate it, and make it sound great. It's like, yeah, but we captured something on the. The first time around. I know that's all over the map, but yeah, that's 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 kind of been the recording process. You know, the the writing process for me, I, I always start with a melody. I, not always, a lot of yeah. times with a melody. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely hear that in those songs, for well, sure. Thank you. It's your home base. <laughs> and I am a big Nilsson fan, unabashed, and uh, I think he doesn't get referenced enough, you know. Um, he's such a great songwriter and melodist and arranger and it's uh i wanted this album to be uh not be afraid for it to be playful kind of in those ways that a nilson can or there's a lot of dry humor in it especially like when i was checking out the videos that was yeah and you know, definitely a big theme i i'm you know midlake it's, it's hard not to reference you know midlake but it was such a so, so much more melancholy, you know, in the uh, the lyrical content. And a lot of times, um, I don't know, it was just filled with just more kind of classic analogy and, and reference of, of 
places and things that, that kind of maybe made it more timeless. And I think that was a good thing. Whereas this record, it's more personal. It is more playful and, 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 and has some humor in it. And that's me. I mean, I'm, it's more who I am. It's, it seemed pretty autobiographical. A lot of the, yeah, uh, a lot of the songs. I think too, as you get a little older, you, you just, you're, you're not as precious about, you know, what you say or, or do, how it's going to fit into some mold. Um, especially with music. It's not, it's not that shouldn't be that precious of a thing. It should be something you enjoy and it's fun and it's honest. And not to say that our past work wasn't, I just think sometimes you can get, be too conscious of that. And Midlake has a, a certain, uh, pretense to it that even if, when we make another record, I would probably be more aware of that than I would doing my own thing because I just yeah. care as much. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of later in the game, relative to other artists, you took on doing a solo album. Like that was something you had not done for yourself uh, before. So like that was kind of your, I imagine that was like your chance to really, you know, make that whole process your own. And Yeah. Um, we had both were working on solo projects while we were making the last record we were making together uh, before he had split. And when he left some of the work that I was working on that made sense for Midlake went to the last Midlake record, which was called Antiphon. Yeah. I, we did that. It kind of consumed a lot of time, whether that be writing or uh, recording, touring. Uh, then I kind of made a conscious effort after that, that I you know, want to start a family and, and invest in some other things. Uh, and one of which was banquet, which, wasn't that it was a huge time commitment, but it was just something musical that I could do um, in the interim because I, I still wanted to make a, a, a record of my own. But I just, you know, you kind of don't force it, or I didn't, and just kind of wrote as things came. And uh, yeah, it does have that feel to yeah, it. Yeah, and you just kind of say, okay, this is where, when we're going to be in the studio. We're going to start working on some things, and it was it was nice. The break was, I think, necessary, and it and it and it, it helped just. Um, take a minute because we had just done Midlake for you know, 15 years straight, you know, um, without any pause. So. That's quite a lot more than most bands managed to yeah. do. We, we've had a good run, you know, I mean, we're, we're still a band, but we've just not been active, you know? Yeah. I, was, I guess I was going to, you probably get this all the time. If there's, you know, talk or a general sense that there will be another, uh, Midlake project or not. There has been talk um, a lot more uh, recently and uh, I think there's a lot of desire. It's just kind of question marks of what it looks like, you know. Is Tim involved? Is he not involved? Um, is, you know, are we doing like a full on uh, or how are we recording it like we, we traditionally did where we go into our own studio and self-produce it without killing each other? Do we go record it somewhere else who do we write it collectively do i bring some ideas do the other guys bring some ideas do we do we tour a ton you know i mean things that probably sound silly you know and i could totally be that guy with bands that are that i might appreciate or think should just do it why not but um so i can i can it's a lot to coordinate argue both sides but you know as you get older you, you 
just like I've become, everybody else gets more opinionated or stuck in their ways of how they see things. And, and also, you settle into your own norms. You're not living in a house together. Just your life revolved around making music and touring it. So things change. Priorities change. So, you know, if you're going to do it, uh, it, it means a lot for it to make sense and then for everybody to enjoy it. So I guess that's a long way of saying, yeah, well, we are talking about it. We're just not sure what it would look like. And the album used to be that. Um, it's recent, but uh, I imagine you probably finished the creation of that coming up maybe a year, two years ago at this point? Or Yeah, it's it's actually called To Each His Own, but the single is called Used To Be. Or a- yeah, I'm, I'm having a brain fart there. Um, they actually misprinted sticker on the album that says used to be is the album I was like no uh, the record label did this so uh, uh. but um yeah it, two years ago I, I think it was actually two years ago March I uh, I had talked with the my uh, the co-producer executive producer and uh one of them, or the the engineer, and also he played drums on a on a tune and some percussion. His name's Matt Pence. He has a studio um, out here called Echo Lab, and mm. he knew I was working on these tunes. He knew that we were going to work together. But he said, "Look, we just need to schedule the time and start getting in there in the studio." Because I didn't have everything done done yet, and yeah. I was like, "Okay, let's just do it." You know, what I have done, we'll we'll do a first session for like a week maybe get a few songs and then book another one. And we did that first week with three of the songs that I had, you know, just more uh, together. And uh, the band just did a great job and Matt did a great job. And it really kind of created a little bit of um, momentum, you know, to, to finish out more tunes and schedule another time. And so it kind of went like that. We, we probably recorded it over a year, you know, with everything of, of recording and, you know, more writing and recording and then the mixing and mastering and whatnot, uh, probably was like a year. And, um, your, uh, creative abilities or kind of like your understanding of, um, like who you are as a songwriter or a a player, like, did you kind of have any, was it pretty casual overall or did you like have some, did like, did you go through kind of like an evolution or a change as it's like through the process Uh of putting together your own record that was a good question i mean yeah I, I mean hopefully i hopefully i got better you know i mean i don't know i you know there like what was there a part of you that's like well i've always released music this way i'm gonna actually try this approach now and like some fear that w- it wouldn't work out the way uh you would hope or i mean you had enough experience at that point that it came together more easily yeah i mean you know, I can't emphasize how, how great the band was around me and that helped a ton so that I could just focus on your role, my role, and then kind of producing or listening and, and, and kind of critiquing and, and kind of being the the last stop of, of, of what would go or not. And But the band, they weren't just robots, you know, they're, they're yeah. you know, communicating these different, you know, kind of things that we could do together we're all familiar with one another and friends and so so it was nice i mean i i definitely felt as we went that you know you you, it's like anything you you get better by doing it and whether it was writing or rewriting or just the recording or even playing um just getting into it uh again and then 
listening objectively, um, you know, probably being more, um, I sometimes, you know, like with references of like listening to a record or a drum beat, um, a melody kind of, I, I mean, I definitely am very influenced by music. And so I, I kind of almost kind of remember those things and kind of catalog them and then apply them where, where it might make sense in a different context in my music, basically kind of borrow. I feel like I do the, I know what you're saying. I feel like I do the exact same thing just with all the stuff I listen to. So, and it's never, it's, it's never going to be the same, but I think it's okay to reference those things because, you know, when you write a song, you probably have some idea of the vibe or the, the, or what you're wanting to try. And then you get this group around you, whether it's your band or, or, you know, hired session players or yeah whoever Uh, and then you try it and then you say okay well i was thinking it could be kind of this you know early eagles type thing you know uh you know that song uh yeah i think i do okay well let's listen to some tunes first a minute let's uh check this oh well check this out okay now let's go into into the room and and you know it's just kind of fast it can be really and should be yeah kind of fast once everybody's on the same yeah, page, you kind of that's a great idea, way. and you start putting it through that, and then someone else has something on a on a keyboard, or these other di- ideas just kind of meld together of all these different this catalog or this bag, as as you might call it, of, of tricks of like references and and nuances, and then hopefully they can kind of come together, and and I you know I don't know if it's from the bio or if just people hear it on their own but i love to hear what people are hearing in in my music because you lose a little objectivity after a while you're like i, I don't know i hope i hope it's good all the objectivity yeah, yeah. <laughs> once you hear it once you get to the mixing stage yeah. especially so. yeah it um the humor is great in it the melodies are really rich and um kind of it has a very like uh, a looking back sort of feel not quite nostalgia right there's maybe some nostalgic moments, but for sure, yeah, just kind of uh, assessing one's own like personal history. Yeah. It's kind of cool to tap into there, and it's it's good. It doesn't fall into the, um, you know, there might be like some some dark humor in there, but it doesn't sound uh, bitter or particularly jaded or anything, especially compared to some other sure. indie rock releases I've come across. Yeah, I'm generally happy, so you know, I I, I but I like to be tongue in cheek and the dry humor. Um, sometimes has its place so are you um actively thinking of doing a second album or or more work in that way where it's it's your like your solo stuff or yeah you know i've kind of simultaneously as an idea comes i kind of put it in a box of like this is a more of a mid-lake idea this is more of a eb the younger idea this may be a, a banquet idea or maybe it's something else altogether i, I whether i'm right or wrong I kind of compartmentalize those ideas because I am I kind of like a lot of different uh, styles and and uh, and those in some ways uh, those uh, projects do differ so and they're they're kind of a part of me you know so it's kind of fun to be able to have an idea and go like oh I think that could be cool for this project I bet you know this person or that person could do something cool on this you know we should get together and hash that idea out a little bit more I, I like to be collaborative I'm not one to just 
do it all on my own. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, you're, you're in Denton and, um, I've never been to the South really, but except for Nashville, but it seems like Denton in particular is, uh, like a musician, an artist rich community. So it's, it's encourages collaboration. It does. Uh, I was actually born in Houston. So was Mackenzie, the, the drummer from, uh, from Midlake and then he moved up first and actually formed the band. And then I moved up later, um, in 2001 uh so you came here came there by like uh college age or something yeah or? um yeah i mean i felt it from the early 90s i mean i was or sorry late 90s i was visiting but i didn't live in denton and uh i loved it i mean especially from my background it just was more you know artist friendly and uh communal um just had a cool vibe to it very much more liberal in a lot of ways um I just, we were all connected to it and it was a great place to kind of live for cheap, eat for cheap, you know, rent for cheap. The key components of a, of an artist community. Exactly. Uh, it is, uh, it's kind of funny, but it's just true. You know, it, 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 it worked as a great incubator in that way where a lot of bands were able to just be there. And I think the, the city has benefited in many ways because those people stayed, they ended up buying a home, starting to yeah, invest back yeah, into the community, starting a business, whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really been that, um, for all of us. Uh, cool. And, um, a lot of opportunities to, to play out and kind of connect with other musicians in the area. So I got just all around it, encouraged to kind of that communal atmosphere, got you, you, uh, everybody in mid like together. For sure. I mean, the music school was the, the, the most you know inherent driver because um the core uh all went to school there um okay so that that was the uh yeah the center yeah and you know just without having other opportunities and and the band forming um it just kind of worked itself out you know that everybody stuck around and, and like i said lived together in the same house and awesome and uh then how did maybe this probably been answered somewhere else but how did uh john grant come into the fold uh, later on he was in a band called the czars that were were also on oh in colorado yeah, yeah. yeah they were also on bella union and uh but they were defunct um john was kind of had released a record that they didn't tour but he did a handful of dates is kind of like solo or a duet. And one of those happened to be at South by Southwest. They played and then the Flaming Lips played. And then we had to follow the Flaming Lips, which. Oh, God. Like a bad. That's cruel. And. Was this the hamster ball era, too? Uh, I can't remember. I don't think he had. Confetti. Ball. Definitely at least. confetti. Um, so. We kind of, we kind of hit it off in the, you know, the oddity of, of the billing and, and kind of in our own self-deprecating type of, of spirit. Um, just, just, yeah, we hit it off. We became friends, you know, and we went out to eat and John's just, he's just a great conversationalist and 
he's just a, a really smart and funny person, and we just fell in love with him. And he also kind of lamented about music and his lack of success and that he was going to hang it up. And like I said, we were already fans of his catalog, and we just thought, man, you can't hang it up. you got to still make music. Well, he was living in New York by that time, working there, and we asked him if he would open some dates for us, um, just as John Grant, um, or the Czars, or whatever. We didn't care. And he did, and he had some some material, and we said, look, you should record this material. Well, how am I going to record this material? Well, you come to Denton. Well, how am I going to afford that? Like, well, we'll do it for free. Just come record with us, and we'll see what happens. No pressure. Well, where am I going to live? You can live with me. Like, just live with me and be fun. And, I mean, that's kind of what it was in a nutshell. He came down. He lived with me for part of the time. He lived with Tim for part of the time. And we were recording our 2010 record, Courage of Others, by day. And then we were we would record John's record by night. We would always look forward to the nighttime because he just had a much more fun record, and we weren't as attached to it. You know what I mean? Like when you're not as attached. And it was, so like, it was new, had a novelty yeah. to it. It was kind of an experiment, and I, so that and this led to Queen of Denmark. Right. So how many Queen of Denmark songs had you just come across before, like uh, the recording process got underway? Uh. He was doing the title song, uh, for sure. I'm not quite sure what else he was doing live during that time, but he definitely was doing that song, which is a great song. Oh, the whole album, though. I mean, I'm, I've, I'm trying not to be uh, too much of a fanboy, but I, I love that album. Yeah, me too. The songs and the sound together, like just a perfect match. Side. So, was there like when you were working on? that project and those, that collection of songs, did it feel different than uh, what you'd done in the past or it was just another bunch of fun tunes? Uh, or did, did something feel special about it, I guess? Yeah. At the time? A little different because, you know, we didn't, we didn't really approach his record as a full band all at one time. We would kind of parcel it out. Paul and I produced the record and a lot of times it would just be maybe one of us and John, or then we'd bring in a drummer or a guitar player or whatever, you know. Um, a little more piecemeal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we would talk a lot, you know. I mean, John's a great person, like I said, to talk with, so it would kind of be like joint therapy in a way, and then maybe we'd get around to some music. Um, it was very laid back, um, and that's what's so pure about, you know, the early work that you do with someone that ends up, you know, becoming much bigger is that you'll never have that back, you know, and once you go, once you get to that place, there's no, uh, going in reverse, I guess. No. And I've recorded with John again since, and I definitely, it's, it's still fun and all those things, but you know, you're just more cognizant. Um, and sometimes that's not a good thing, you know, more cognizant of more of, self-conscious. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's kind of, I guess the final thing I was curious to touch on was um, continuing to navigate your own like creative urges and your desire to express yourself through music and then you get caught up in this this insane industry and, uh, you know, preconceptions about audience and right. 
kind of ha- how has been just navigating that for uh, over the course of your career? Or you don't you try not to worry about that sort of stuff too much? I definitely try not to. I think I probably took for granted um, the success that Midlake has had, and when you just know that if you put out a record that certain things might happen that you you only wish would happen when you first put out a record, whether that's get a review or a feature, um, whether it's to be able to book a show and people actually show up, you know, I think even though I always appreciate it, of course, I think I probably took it for granted and it becomes, I, I understand it more with doing a new record that's not called Midlake. It's you're starting a new brand. Yeah. It's a different world now. I don't want to sound like the old guy, but it's, you know, we're all saturated with things vying for our attention that it's, it's really hard to expect that someone's going to sit down and unsolicited, listen to a new record from front to back to read the liner notes, to look at the artwork, to check out your show just because, there's a show down the street or they're curious. Um, it's hard because you kind of have to create um, different angles of, of curiosity or interest to merit that, irrespective of the quality of the, the art that you're making. Yeah, I believe in it, uh, but I shouldn't be consumed with trying to figure out how to make you believe in it or someone else. That used to be the job of two different people, and, and it's like in this age, I feel like they're trying to <laughs> the yeah. artist and the promoter is this one yeah. and the same. And it's tough because, you know, I have a label, you know, I have an agent, you know, I, I have a publishing company. It, it, it's yeah. these things, really, you're not, those things, they matter, but they also don't if if they don't care, if they're not working, if they're not, you know, intentionally trying to drive things in a purposeful way and it sucks because you don't want to think of your art or your music as some type of business or some checklist but someone has to if it's not you someone got to be doing that because i promise it doesn't matter how great it is if there's not certain channels put in place or or a path it's going to become like just a missed opportunity because once a record's out it's old like for the next day, it's old. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I certainly start to see, you know, behind every great talent, there was somebody working with them who was, had just as much talent in getting them out there. Like you need the, oftentimes you need the, the combination, but still sounds like you're in a, a pretty comfortable place, uh, definitely creatively, and you're just, you're still doing your thing. I am excited to uh, to bump to each his own all summer. Thank you. Got the title right that time. Right. Um, Eric, I had a lot of fun talking to you. This was uh, a surprise for me that we, we got to uh, finally put this together. Um, you've done some, some great work over the uh, past couple decades. Like I said, Queen of Denmark, I don't know how you guys did it, but like arrangement production, that was it's in, my, it's in my pantheon. But um as uh, so, we kind of close out here. Is there you got any um, particular shows you want to mention here? Um, I'm playing Fest this year, which I'm really excited about. Um, up in, South by Southwest. No, no, Newport Folk Fest. Oh, sorry, yeah, you cut off. So Newport Newport Folk Fest is uh, later this year. 
Yeah, it's at the end of July. I'm excited to get up there. I'm always jealous to see other friends playing that festival. Um, and then uh, we just announced some dates with Rufus Wainwright where we're we're going to be supporting. Uh, I'm really excited. I love about him too. So, yeah. It's going to be great. So uh, check that out at ebtheyounger.com. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Thomas. All right. Yeah, this is a really good time. Yeah. Hope you have a good rest of your Wednesday. You too, man. Take care. All right. That was really cool. So check out Eric's music. Check out ebtheyounger.com. Check out Midlake. Check out uh, John Grant. Check out Banquet. The dude is, uh, he's got a great catalog. I would say go get tickets to see him at the Newport Folk Festival, but it appears that is sold out. So mazel tov. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for this week. I'll talk to you again soon. They say when I get older, I throw away so much I pull my shoulder when the time comes. When mother, father say I told you, son, I'll simply smile and say I'm slave to no one when the time comes. Dead free, having fun with the doubt. But there might be time, just saw a pig flying beggars. I'm having trouble getting sleep these days. Could be the boy on my old fashioned ways. Time comes I'll work it out in the next stage of life Star in a movie that displays my strife And when the time comes When the time song today, it might never get played, but who is keeping count? Just trying to keep it real, why get a record deal when ramen only costs a dime?
said it would be easy Making promises would keep Got no regrets I care to mention Can you direct me to my pension? I got a lot of ideas Tell us all the things in a ball. I'll list her as a resume reference.